Welcome to In the Fire, a podcast for the young families of Chapelgate Presbyterian Church. Marriage and parenting are a wonderful blessing and are extremely rewarding, but they're also really hard and can leave us feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, and defeated. That's exactly why we started this podcast, to help families see how the gospel injects encouragement, comfort, and hope into the daily grind of our lives, and to remind you that you're never alone in the struggle. There is another in the fire. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob Gicking. It's very exciting to be with you again for another episode of In the Fire. Today, I'm joined by my friend Melanie Bianco, who's a coordinator of women's ministry here at Chapelgate. Did I say that right? You did. Thrive, okay. though. Thrive, which, which is, is our women's, the ministry. women's ministry. Exactly. Yes. And, uh, you know, Melanie's going to be talking a little bit about her story and about what it's like to be a mom and a wife and also a disciple and many other things. But uh, before we do that, we got to bring back the hard-hitting question. I actually took a couple journalism classes. That's a lie. Um, I looked up things on the internet, and I thought to myself, these are not good questions. So I have a different one for you. And here's the hard-hitting question to get us started. Are you ready? Uh, Sure, yes. Okay. In a digital platform, can you think of anyone at our church who has taken a specific interest in caring and investing for your family, specifically maybe your husband and, and sons? Um, in a digital platform? Uh, Let's just say like video games, perhaps. Video games. All right, great. Yeah, they do love those. Um, gosh, I think I would probably have to say you, Rob. That's right. Yeah. My wow. boys love you. They love to be able to chat with you. And mm. um, I think you get to hear a nice little background peek into what our home life is like. Through yeah. Whatever that thing is that you guys talk on. Yeah, the Discord. Discord, which is really our home. So Yeah, right. and, and I just got to say, it's because I'm so great, isn't it? Isn't that really it? I think so. You really just draw them in, make them feel comfortable. Um, and you're really encouraging when you guys just shoot everyone down. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like uh, spreading the love of Jesus in a yes. in a video game format by shooting all the bad guys. Yes, with a submachine gun. Well, obviously, I'm joking. Uh, you know, Dan and the kids and me, we do play some Fortnite. And Melanie is mm-hmm. very kind and gracious and allows us to do that. Uh, yeah. And it's definitely more of an investment in me than it is them. That's for sure. It's all about um, community, Rob. Shout out to Dom and Henry, who lead our team to victory on a regular. It's true. Yeah. Battle Royale. Dan's victory Royale. Victory Royale. Victory Royale. Dan, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. You just, you got to step up your game because your boys are overshadowing you. Well, we really want to raise our kids to be Confident. better than we are, right? Yeah, that's right. So Confident. it's good. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. Listen, Melanie, I'm really excited to, to have you here today um, and, and get to hear your story. So why don't we start just with some of the basics? Um, tell us about, uh, you know, how many kids you guys have. Tell us about your, your marriage, how long, you know, things like that. Okay. Um, well, first, thanks for having me. Uh, my name is Melanie Bianco, as you said. I'm the coordinator here at Chapel Gate for Thrive, which is the women's ministry. Um, I've been married to my husband, Dan, for just 13 years now. We just celebrated 13 years. Congratulations. Thank you very much. What did he get you? Uh, we went on a whole family cruise. Oh, that's right. That yeah. cruise was for your anniversary. Anniversary, Christmas. Yeah. Hot dog. The two of us, all of the kids. We threw some friends and cousins and family members in there. It was great. Oh, my goodness. So, Did it have the bottomless ice cream and pizza bars? 100%, but not pizza, uh, tacos. Ice cream and tacos. That's kind of an upgrade. For sure. Well done. Well done, Dan. Good job, buddy. It was great. 
Um, so we've been married for 13 years. We have six kids uh, between the ages of 15 and four years old. So it really spans like all of development. Yeah, you got a lot going on. Yeah. And uh, so your oldest, Daniel, I believe, he is actually, is he wrestling right now? He is wrestling. Okay. Yes, he made it to the county championships tomorrow. Yeah. So, um, and we live for that. It's That's awesome. So. That's so special. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about what you do here at church then. Okay. So I came on board here in September um, alongside Judy Puckett. And my goal really is to make sure that the women at Chapelgate, which uh, we define as high school and up, uh, feel that they have a place here and feel that they're loved, um, provide opportunities for women to connect and be drawn in and feel seen. Um, and so we do that through different events. We do that through um, Bible studies, ladies' nights out, um, just all sorts of ways. We're just trying to reach as many people as we can and, and let them know that they're welcome here. Yeah. And you guys do, you know, I know I'm a guy, but I have a wife and you do a really great job. And so I, it's a blessing to my family, uh, the work that you and Judy do. And I'm just, I'm, I'm excited for it. It sounds like there's a lot of great stuff going on. And uh, I think it's really exciting that there's places for the women of Chapelgate to gather. And obviously in the Young Families Ministry, that gathering aspect is really important. Yes. And it becomes very difficult when you start having kids. And so mm-hmm. um, I think let's maybe just start the conversation with this. You know, you've been married for a while. You have a lot of kids, six kids, right? Yes. Yeah. And so six kids, 13 years of marriage. At some point, it must have hit you that this is having an impact on your relationship with the Lord and with your spouse. But let's start with just the Lord. Like, how have you, what has your relationship with God looked like over the years with having six kids? Um, you know, I think... When we started having kids, we were so young. We're 21 years old. And I think my husband and I both would have said we were Christians at that point. Um, And God sort of used our our marriage and our children and things in our lives for us to realize, oh, man, this is really kind of in name only versus having a real relationship in our hearts. Um, And so specifically kids, I think the time that I learned or realized um, that I had so much to learn and that I hadn't internalized this relationship was at a mom's Bible study um, with Connie Hochstra and Brenda Gockenbach. And we were reading through Hebrews and talking about different things that stuck out to us in Hebrews. And one lady mentioned um, the verse where it talks about how Jesus was tempted as we are tempted. Right. Um, and that, I mean, I knew that in my brain. I grew up knowing that, but I'd never really thought about it before. Um, that, like, holy smoke, this is a real deep personal relationship. And God can understand these struggles that I have and these struggles that I go through. And I don't have to have this facade of having it all together. Um, I can just be real and and face the things that are wrong in my heart and face the things that are hard in the world. And Jesus is there for me and he gets it. So I think that's like the big way that having kids has influenced me 
in my own relationship. So it basically sounds to me like, you, you know, you had kids, you realized that you needed community, and it was in the context of that community that you, you really started to understand the, the personal relationship with Jesus. Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, let, let's go from there then. I mean, so you, you kind of come to the realization, you're like, no, Jesus isn't this far off, distant, like, you know, idea. He's a real person. He really mm-hmm. cares about me. Um, where did y'all go from there? Uh, well, it was kind of a process and it was a really hard process. Uh, I think God put it on both my heart and Dan's heart around the same time that we were not who we thought we were. Hmm. Um, which was really fortunate in some ways because we could go through it together and also really hard in some ways because we were both going through a hard thing at the same time. Um, and yeah can you repeat the question please sure well just maybe talk to talk to us a little bit about you know once you had that realization that Jesus wanted a personal relationship with you where did y'all go from there like what were the things what were the decisions that you made to begin investing in and pursuing Jesus uh we started reading the bible more okay so let's talk about that cuz that's something that a lot of people like right off the bat that yeah. you brought that up. A lot of people struggle with that, right? I mean, you have little kids mm-hmm. and you you spend all day caring for them, right? Yes. Um, or, you know, if you work, you work all day and then you come home and rather than relax, you care for exactly. them. And, you know, you kind of get to the end of the day and you're, you're zonked, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're exhausted and it's just easier to turn on the TV. So you, you're saying you guys actually started to what did that look like? I mean, and it wasn't like some huge thing where, oh my gosh, we just realized this all of a sudden, we're just diving in full blast and now we're great, good to go. Um, It was a battle. It was a struggle. And it was like a little bit at a time, you know, but I think mainly what it was is we were able to kind of chill out a little bit and give each other and give our children grace to like evolve into who God was calling us to be. It was really kind of a family journey. Okay. I think. What, um, were there things that you all decided to do as a family in terms of the Bible study or was it just like literally you and Dan started reading in the morning or just throughout the day? No, not even structured. We're not a very like structured family necessarily. Um, sometimes we would read the same thing and then discuss it. Sometimes it was him deepening his understanding, me deepening my understanding. Um, One thing that we got into that is just one of my favorite things is at bedtime, we all gather around and Dan will read from the Bible and um, the kids just have like really great questions and insights and it's just a blast. Like it's really just a rejuvenating time. I think we're both to the point now where we will both solidly say, yes, we have faith in Jesus Christ. Um, but it's, nothing's ever perfect, you know, like, like we're all works in progress. And so, um, just like redoing it each day and, and just trying to grow and share with our kids and, um, have those around us, hold us accountable. Yeah. I think that's really interesting sitting down even with your whole family. Um, and, and your youngest children are, are how old? Um, the younger two are six and four. Yeah. Do they, do they follow along? Yes. Okay. hundred percent. It's very like kind of story style and we don't 
normally do like story books. Mm-hmm. We just read from the Bible, but they, I mean, kids have like a mind that just absorbs, you know, and you just like pick up a little here, just like adults, right? We pick right. up a little here, we pick up a little there, we ask a good question, we realize something, and over time, I feel it all just sort of gets woven together. So. I think that's really cool. I feel like one of the things that is difficult as a parent sometimes is to be like, is this even, I mean, that sounds like a lot of effort. Let's just start there. That's, mm-hmm. that takes effort because kids are not always ready to just be like, well, sure, I'll put down my screen or whatever else I wanted to do oh, yeah. and I will sit down and I will listen to you re- read, you know, the, the, <laughs> the cleansing laws of Leviticus, you know, like. <laughs> That's definitely where we started. Oh, for yeah. Sure. We just want to draw them in. Yeah. You really want to show off the, the coolness of the Bible. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but there is a sense in which sometimes maybe we fall into the trap of underestimating what they pick up. Yeah. And so like that you and Dan are sitting down with your kids who are in very different ages and mm-hmm. abilities to comprehend and process. But the truth is even the four-year-old, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really neat. Yeah. Um, was that difficult to get started? Did the kids like respond pretty well or was it a little bit of like, you know, a no, slow they roll? love it. They like beg, no, one more chapter, one more chapter. Um, so it's just, I don't know. It's just nice. And we also, I don't know, we're not very, um, like I said, we're not very structured and we're not very like, there's one way to do things. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times while we're reading and having this these discussions, they're drawing or they're looking at another book. And um, so it's less of like a, like a formal sit down. This is what we're doing right now as a family. And more just relaxed and kind of trusting that God's going to lead it where it needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. A few, um, a few guests prior to, to this conversation, I had uh, one of my mentors, Dr. Paul Koistra on, and um, he's just a wonderful man of God. And he was talking about how when he had little kids, he would, he, you know, he had started trying to read the Bible and realized it just, it was too much. I mean, he had little, little kids, mm-hmm. you know, and so instead he, he started taking like basically biblical stories and turning them into like stories about two dogs. And I forget what he, he tells you the names of the dogs in the podcast, but I can't remember what they are at the moment, but just what he would take these two dogs and he'd make up stories about how the dogs, you know, were, were nice to one another. And, you know, it's like, it reminds me of this parable. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it is interesting how we can kind of fall into the trap of, well, if I can't do this like all the way, if I can't right. do it perfectly, if I can't structure this yeah. like in the most repeatable way, then I'm just not going to do it at all. Yeah. And it sounds to me like you guys are like, no, like anything is better than nothing. And let's do this. Yes. Like um, they have that phrase, like anything worth doing is worth doing right. Is that what it is? I think so. Sure. Um, and then I read somewhere that, that we can't have that be our mindset because if our only goal is perfection, we're never going to hit it. Yeah. Um, and we need to be able to give ourselves some grace and give our kids some grace and give the people around us some grace and like just do what we can yeah and use the time that we have and the effort that we have as best we can yeah and and to pray over that you know lord like i feel that this is not useful some days and it's tempting to just not do it at all because you know we're not we're not having great deep conversations with the my you know i have an almost four-year-old i'm like Mm -hmm. you know sometimes he's interested and a lot of times he's not interested and sometimes he just wants to go to bed or he wants me to tell him right now everything is about 
Mustang police cars. Sure. I've never seen one in real life. But in his world, that yeah. is that is the, the pinnacle of all things. And yeah. so, you know, we're trying to do like he'll do some catechism questions with me, but he's rushing through it to get to the time where daddy tells him a story about a Mustang police car and four or five bad guys. Yes. Great. Well, listen, that's very frustrating for me sometimes because, <laughs> I you know, I'm like, I want my kids to learn about God and to ask me questions about God, not Mustang police cars. Yeah. And yet. You pray and you go, Lord, you know, watch, like, grow my child up in mm-hmm. your love. Like, bring Brad and Alex into a relationship with you. Redeem this time yeah. of Mustang police car stories and of, you know, a few rushed catechisms or some Bible verses. Right. Like, and use it for your glory and the good of my children. Yeah. That actually reminds me, uh, I was trying to think of, like, how has my relationship overall changed with God because of kids. And I think um, just trusting the Lord and his process. And like, I worry a lot. It's not even worry because it's not productive. It's just, I feel anxious sometimes about what are my kids' lives going to look like? Who are they going to be? Are they going to be okay? Are they going to love the Lord? But they're not ours, right? Like our kids are are not ours to um, like hold on to tightly. They're God's and he gave them to us to be stewards of them for this short time in eternity. And we, I personally have to work really hard to make sure that my children don't become my idols, that I'm so wrapped up in, in my role as mom as my identity and, and my role to like raise these kids that I'm holding on to them more tightly than I'm holding on to the cross. Yeah. That's like a big struggle for me. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. I think it's easy to fall into that. Um, you know, that it's it's logical to fall into that, right? Yes, like these of are course. these are my children. It's my job to protect and nurture right. them and I have to control as much of the circumstances as possible to make sure this happens. And if I don't do XYZ, they're never going to know the Lord and right. you know, um yeah. Right. And and to even say your personal relationship has been challenged and grown because of this dynamic, because you have to, you, well, first off, if you stay on that track, you're going to go insane. Yes. Right. You're going to have anxiety. You're going to have sick to your stomach. You're going to, you're going to just lose your mind at some point. Yeah. And so then you have to come to a place where you go like, and for some of us, it takes longer than others, mm-hmm. but you have to get to a place where you say, no, these are God's children. Like, God is sovereign. God is good. God loves my child more than I do. Mm -hmm. And God can do way more than I can. So do I want to parent from my own strength or do I want to pray that God is actually like leading and loving my child? Yes. And that's really hard, especially like, you know, we've both heard stories being in ministry of, you know, folks who have been in the church their whole life Mm -hmm. and have brought their kids to church, you know, and then the kid turns 19 or 23 or 25 and out they go. And they're not walking with the Lord. And there's there's no greater pain for a parent, I think, yeah. you know, in, in, a, in a lot of ways. And and yet, where do we go, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's like, like Peter, you know, where, where, where else would we go? You have the words of life. Yeah. So that's that's really a great observation, Melanie. Well, let's, let's talk now about marriage. I think, you know, when we think about the family unit, right, mm-hmm. there's kind of two large, you know, regions of, of our family unit and the first is marriage and the second is parenting you know 
it can be difficult to prioritize your marriage when you have any number of kids. Yeah. You know, kids are, they're not like a part-time job. So how have you and Dan, you know, either struggled or, or found, you know, even some thriving and flourishing in your marriage over these, this time of raising kids? Um, I would say for probably the first five years of our marriage, it was tough. Okay. It was really hard. Um, and we loved each other so much, but we, we just struggled to be able to relate to each other, um, and show each other that love in a healthy way. It was tumultuous at times. And I think one of the hardest parts was becoming parents and having to figure out who we were as parents because I was drawing from my childhood and how I was parented. He's drawing from his childhood, how he was parented. They're very different. And so where do we end up with that? Sure. Right. How do we work together to figure out, all right, well, we're going to take a little bit of this. We're going to leave that. We're going to add this in here. Um, to become the parents that God is calling us to be to these children. So I really, I would say it probably took about five years for us to work through that. Yeah. Um, and what a hard time it was, but how beautiful it is now. God really used even that trial to bring us together. I think we're, we've gotten to the point now where we can be on the same page with each other. Even if we disagree Hmm. We've learned to be able to relate to each other and um, talk things out and figure out, all right, what are we doing? How are we addressing this this time? Right. You know, um, there was a time for a while when the kids were very small where it felt like there wasn't any time for the two of us because we're just like tag teaming. You right. Know? Um, and then we went through a period where it, I feel like we were able to get some good quality husband-wife time in. Um, we're not both either of us are like go out people, but after the kids would go to bed, we'd have a few hours in the evenings, just unwind, talk, connect with each other. Um, and now that the kids are older, it feels like we are kind of swinging back in the other direction. We're chauffeurs a lot. The kids are older. So they're staying up later more and hanging out with us, which is amazing. But it's like, oh man, it's been several days since we've actually had just the time for two of us. So, um, it's not like a fight or anything right now, but we're definitely in a phase where we have to figure out how to be parents and husband and wife in the same space. Yeah, I, I get that like completely. I Dan and I talk from time to time. He and I are both big believers that the, you know, those first like basically 12 to 18 months mm, mm-hmm, are mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a bear. Yeah. I mean, some people like, I mean, and nobody gets through it like unscathed but some people really do kind of just make it through that whole like lack of sleep thing is just water off their back and Mm -hmm. and some not me i'm like when i am not sleeping i am literally a different human being it's like i'm i'm just a a cranky nasty like airhead yeah and uh you know that's not a fun place to be and and that does take a toll Mm -hmm. on your your spouse and your marriage and um so it sounds to me like you there's just a lot of this young family life is admitting, you know, things aren't how I'd like to see them be, mm-hmm. but they are what they are. Yes. And, you know, we're going to keep praying and moving forward and trusting God to get us through. Yes. Yeah. 
I think when when I was able to come to the realization that I have no idea what is going on and I am not in control of anything, it became a lot easier mm-hmm. because I didn't I was already having to deal with things in chaos, but now I didn't have to worry about trying to necessarily control the chaos and change it from that chaos. It's just living in the chaos and okay. trying to thrive in it. Yeah. Well, speaking of thrive, um, how how has community, especially for you as a wife and a mother, mm-hmm. how has how has fellowship with the church and by by church I really mean like the people that you you rub shoulders with, the people that you're close with, who kind of are in the trenches with you. Yes. How has that impacted your marriage? How has it impacted your parenting? Uh, when the kids were really little, and I'm talking about like five kids under the age of seven. Um, it was a lifesaver to be able to have some gal pals to meet up with in, during the day. And like in the cold months, we would haul everybody to Chick-fil-A and the kids would run around the play place and we'd sit and chat. Um, in the warm months, we would just go to the park and the same thing. And it was just nice to, one, have be surrounded with people um, that are loving, two, be surrounded by people who also love the Lord and mm-hmm. and can call you out in love if they see uh, something that maybe could be different. Um, and just like get out of the monotony of the everyday, which I feel like when you're when you're young and you've got young kids, it can feel like that at times. Like oh gosh, just the same thing every day. Um, just break it up a little bit. Feel like a human. Yeah. outside of just being in your home necessarily um just come alongside one another remind each other that you're not crazy remind each right. other that this is like whatever struggle you're dealing with is a normal thing um and i think it was also helpful to have people on the other side of that like it's good to have people that are going through exactly what you're going through yes it's also have good to ha- to have people that are like hey Maybe you feel like you're trapped in a fog right now, but it won't always be like that. Yeah, I agree 100%. I'm like, I have, I mean, because of my role here with our young families, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm in a relationship. Kate and I are blessed to be in a relationship with a lot of other young families. And yeah. there is actually great comfort in like, just like the relief you feel when you're like, oh man, I'm not the only one, right? Like I was having a conversation with one of my closest friends the other day and he was like, I don't know how to discipline my kid. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bro. Welcome to the club. You know, like it's hard. And we're like living in a world where like you feel like we don't need to go down the path. But it's just like it it is. It's overwhelming. It's difficult. And sometimes it's really, really helpful to hear someone else say, I'm overwhelmed. This is difficult. And you go, oh, I really thought I was the only one. I'm so glad I'm not. Yes. But it's also helpful to have those people who can say, you're right. It is overwhelming. It is difficult. And you will make it. Yeah. Because we all did. Yeah. So, um, you know, and whether you want to call that formally like a mentor or not, that that is kind of what it is, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like a little bit of that. I've been there. I've done that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pray for you and encourage you. And yeah. I, I may even actually be able to give you a point or two on how to get through this. Yes. And th- our women's ministry, Thrive, actually has a mentorship program. Yeah. We do. Yes, we do. Uh, could, why don't you tell us a little about that? Because I think that that is something that 
our our generation, yours mm-hmm. and mine, is pretty foreign to us. Yes. Outside of networking for jobs. We're very good at it when it comes to like, oh, I need a promotion. Like, let me network with this older, wiser person and like work my way up the ladder. Mm-hmm. But like, for some reason, that that's that's not transferring into like our personal life. Talk to us about the mentor program. So I think it doesn't necessarily transfer into our personal life because having young kids, being a young family, you can really just kind of feel, or I did anyway, like kind of stuck where I am. Yeah. Like I can't really even, I don't have any brain power to think necessarily outside of myself. And look, I'm just like, we're getting down to it and we're going to go through day by day. Right. Um, just trying to make it to bedtime. Yes. The mentorship program is set up um, for exactly that mentorship, um, getting matched with someone who you're going to jive with um, and who can just sort of be a, um, a light to you and walk beside you through life, not necessarily be the one that can solve all your problems, but just be someone you can talk to mm-hmm. um, and like who can point you back to Jesus in moments and make sure that you're getting um, sound advice and sound guidance. So we, we would love to, for people to sign up either mm-hmm. to be mentored or to become a mentor. Um, so if that's something that anybody is interested in, we would love to, to talk to you more about that. Yeah, and I'll put links to, you know, the, the Thrive um ministry in our show notes so people can go and they can they can dig and look around great but mentorship really is it's discipleship i mean another word that's kind of increasing in in buzz right now when we talk about disciples is actually saying apprentice apprenticeship right it's to follow Mm -hmm. the not just the teachings but the lifestyle of the person that is apprenticing you you know in the case of jesus and his disciples they weren't just meant to follow his teaching. They were meant to follow his lifestyle. And he makes mm-hmm. that very clear over and over again. And that they're actually called to go and disciple others to do the same. And so when you think mentorship, sometimes it can almost feel like really, really like formal, like right. uh, information transfer. Yes. Like, I will teach you the way. You yes. will do as I say. It will work out okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean to rhyme. It just did. But it's, you know, it's <laughs> but it is. It's like, no, it's more. It's it's. Someone who has a heart for the Lord and a heart for mm-hmm. you, sharing that heart, yes, and being there when you need them, and you know, it it really has been. I mean, Jim McKee, right, our executive pastor, mm-hmm. has been mentoring me now for for five years, and he has shared his his successes and his blunders. And he mm-hmm. shared times in his life where he thought he had it all figured out. And he shared the, you know, the times where God made it very abundantly clear to him that he did not have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And it's actually through his testimony that I've learned a lot about the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, it can feel in this young family phase, especially if you have kids like under five, Mm-hmm. that you really are, you're like, I'm just trying to make it to seven or eight yeah. o'clock at night. Like I can't add in one more thing. I can't add in one more yeah. thing. And maybe what I would just challenge our listeners is this, you can't afford not to. Yeah. Whether it's the community at the Chick-fil-A playground, which mm-hmm. I think some of them are opening up again finally after COVID. I can think of one specifically that has okay. a playground. But parks. Parks. Getting out in the fresh air. Right. Just 
yeah. going to the mall or Columbia Mall like has that little indoor germ infested playground <laughs> yeah i mean i wouldn't go there but if that's your thing go for it right you know maybe get a pair of shoes or something sure. yeah whatever but i think that's really important it it is encouraging it yeah. does lift up your heart and having that community and so you know we have we have those kind of informal things right but we also have more formal things like small groups that meet anywhere from every other week to once a month mm-hmm. um we've we've got uh, t- tell us actually about Dive In. That's really exciting. That's a quarterly thing, yeah? Yes. So that's uh, something that we started. Sort of a side note, after everything was shut down with COVID and everything's like kind of opening back up and gearing up, we at Thrive have an ability to try new things out and sort of revamp our ministry and see what from before we want to keep, um, what things we're not going to carry over with us now what things we would like to add in. So dive in is something that we sort of had before. We're bringing it back. Um, And it's a quarterly meetup. So far they've been Sunday evenings where one woman in the church can just come and share her story with us. Whatever, whatever story she feels God is, is putting on her heart to share. Um, And it's a pretty informal meetup. Everyone brings a dessert. We hang out, listen to somebody um, share with us for 15, 20 minutes. And then, uh, we break up into small groups, kind of discuss it a little bit. We have some questions to guide us if we um, want it and just have some time of fellowship. And I think it's really helpful because the hustle and bustle of Sunday morning, especially when you have young kids, it can f- just be impossible to actually connect with um, the other people that are going through the same hustle and bustle, right? Like you're you're up if you're like us. Uh, you've probably gotten to some sort of tiff with your spouse that morning trying to get everybody out and you like, you know, kind of stare at each other on the way to church and kind of hold hands like, all right, we're okay now. Um, And you're just trying to to get through it, soak up whatever goodness you can that morning and then hit them out. Dive in allows us to gather, talk to people that we wouldn't normally be able to connect with. and learn a little bit more about the sister in a church in the church and, mm-hmm. and be encouraged. So. Is, is there childcare for that? There's not child. Okay. Care. So that means dads as a father, I'm talking now to you, like this is a great opportunity to step up. I think we need to be willing. And this goes both ways. This isn't a guy for only sh- or a girl. Oh, yeah, only. Like, definitely. You got to love your spouse mm-hmm. in in this sense as well, that when they have an opportunity to go and be fed and be nourished by fellowship of believers and by God's word. And, you know, I, I think about Revelation, right? We're going to overcome by what? By the blood of the lamb, Jesus, mm-hmm. and the word of the testimony, what God has done in my life for me, uh, despite me. That is like, that's bread and butter. Yeah. I mean, and that feeds your soul. And so dads, if, if your wife is like, Hey, can I, can I go to that thing? Like you don't, don't even hesitate. Just be yeah. like, absolutely. Because that stuff is really important. Yes. And we have also found if you are not intentional about taking some time out to nourish your soul, it's time's just going to fly by, mm-hmm. you know, because there's always so much to do. It's, it's never not going to be busy. Life is never not going to be busy. So you really just have to say, no, I'm going to block off this time every three months. I'm going to take two hours, and I'm going to go meet and and see how God uses that in my life. Yeah. So we've got 
you know, and the small groups are, are family small groups, mm-hmm. right? Like typically at Chapel Gate anyway, we do it affinity based or, or even age and stage based might be another way to say that. So like kind of your stage of life or who you're drawn to, to be in community with, that's, that's typically how small groups are formed. And so for example, Kate and I have a small group. It's awesome. Um, we have seven families and we're all like nice. popping out kids like crazy. Mm-hmm. And so we all need to, I guess, buy one giant mansion or there's Great. no way we're going to be able to figure out how to have small group anymore or kids like just, we chain them to the tree outside. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But you know, it's, it's a fantastic, you know, place and we meet once a month. There are other small groups that meet more, more frequently than that. But mm-hmm. so you got young family, small groups, you got the quarterly dive in. I know there's an annual retreat, you know, and yes. um, things like that. But there's also, I believe that the women's ministry does monthly uh, dinners. Yeah. Yes. That's okay. something that we started up a monthly uh, ladies night out and we're trying to rotate the location between Eldersburg, Ellicott City, Columbia and our hope with that is again it's just like an informal casual way come out meet some people have some good food um, having it monthly if you can't make it one month hopefully you can make it the next right month. yeah and, and that's no not a pressure. commitment thing no no right. there's really not any like pressure to do any of this we want to provide opportunities for the women in the church to find a place that they love and they feel loved. Mm. Um, but like life can be tough and certain stages it feels impossible. So there's never any pressure. We just want to be available. Yeah. So uh, we have a ladies night out coming up. What month are we? February, February 28th. It's a Tuesday. Um, we have it at Mission Barbecue in Ellicott City. We got the back room reserved. So we'll all just go and grab your food and sit down and chat a little bit. Yeah, that sounds really good. And I, um, you know, for what it's worth, I think I think Mission does takeout. So you could bring something home for your husband. Okay, I do actually try to do that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty... Just, I feel like, you know, I get to go out and have some fun and... Thank you very much. Yeah, like when Kate, when when y'all did the one at Fachi, right? Yes. I I wasn't interested in the takeout. That was just not. I'm not a Fachi guy. But what? she got a pizza. Didn't I know. She? That looked so no. Good. She got a burger. No, she did not. She got a pizza and she didn't eat the crust. I specifically remember this. Wow. Kate, you're known. You should feel that. Yes. Um, yes, Kate. Yeah. I see into your soul. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, Mission Barbecue definitely takeout. Mission Barbecue. Yes. That's some good food right there. Yeah. Well, Melanie, with the time we have left, um, maybe just like a couple, just like small tidbit questions I'd have for you as as a wife and a mom. Over the course of your marriage, mm-hmm. what has been um, the best thing you've done as a wife for your marriage? Oh, gosh. The best thing I've done as a wife for my marriage. I don't know. Maybe I'm not a very good wife. No. I don't know. Um, I don't know, Rob. Okay. Just try to, like, no, I will say this. I think the best thing that I have been able to learn that is good is to just chill out a little bit. Mm. I think my personality, I tend to feel like if something doesn't happen right now, it's never going to happen. Um, But just, like, giving Dan the benefit of the doubt. And him giving me the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Right? Like, he said this thing and it bothers me, but maybe he didn't mean it that way. Let me talk to him about it before I get very hurt. Yeah. Um, and just assume, like, just trust that the other person loves you 
and wants the best for you and wants the best for your marriage, wants the best for your family. Wow. Yeah, see, that's really good. I don't know if that was a cohesive statement or not. No, I think that's hopefully beautiful. Hopefully the people that are listening can draw out from that Yeah. what I meant. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm really grateful for that. I think that's really, that's really powerful, that idea of, you know, my anxiety oftentimes is, is connected to a fear. You know, I'm afraid, well, what if this doesn't work out? Well, why wouldn't it work out? Well, because what if, what if love is not actually as committed and mm-hmm. you know secure as I yeah. would like to believe? Well, then I'm going to panic, you know? Yes. But, uh, man, I, I appreciate that. Thanks for sharing. You betcha. Well, um, thank you for being on with us. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. And I, I know um, I speak for all our young families when I say that we're grateful for your role here at the church, um, but also just for your friendship. Uh, I think it's a, it's a really unique gift that you and Dan both bring to our church as, a, as members, as congregants. And um, it's, it's, you really are, you serve our, our families well. And so I'm just grateful for you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And also, if there's like any young mom out there, I'd love to, to meet you and spend some time with you, whether that's going out for coffee or having you over, me coming over and, you know, hanging out with you while the kids are running around, whatever. Judy and I are here to serve you. Um, and so if, if you can think of any way we could do that better, please let us know. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. Well, um, we look forward to another episode coming out next week with another guest on In the Fire. But until then, thanks for listening. We hope you guys have a blessed week. Take care. Bye.